0: What
1: makes you itch? What sort of a situation would you like? What, how would you really enjoy spending your life? Well, it's so amazing as a result of our kind of educational system, crowds of students say, well, we'd like to be painters, we'd like to be poets, we'd like to be writers, but as everybody knows, you can't earn any money that way. Or another person says, well, I'd like to live an out-of-doors life and ride horses. Uh, Let's go through with it. What do you want to do? When we finally got down to something which the individual says he really wants to do, I will say to him, you do that. And uh, forget the money.
0: Hi, welcome back. Um, yeah, so the um, the idea of this podcast is really to kind of like uh, kind of simulate, you know, the idea of building out different components that I would use for my podcast to like learning what I want to do and how I want to I want to do it. I, I'm kind of a big fan of podcast. If you listen to the Minority Tech Society podcast, the very early ones between like the first ten, I talked about all the podcasts I used to listen to. So. Um, And maybe if you're interested, you can always go back and listen to those, you know. But what I want to talk about today was the presidential libraries. You know, you know, we have, uh, you know, the election, we had it. um, uh, Biden has been uh, considered the president-elect, and uh, it just gives an idea of like uh, presidential libraries that came up in my YouTube feed. And it was about um, the idea of having a president that, once they uh, leave office or right before they leave office, they usually have a library built in their name. Um, and I thought it was maybe like, you know, just to have a, 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 a something built in their name, but it's actually a serious thing. It's more serious than I was actually expected. According to Wikipedia and um, a YouTuber, I don't know his actual name, but I'm, if you have my newsletter, you can basically get that information. Um, the the newsletter I talked about uh, that the pres- the president the presidential um, library is a library that is designed for um, keeping track of all of the um, what do you call it again all of the the president's uh, like, things that they have said you know whether it was like. I think it was publicly or not publicly anything that's gone on, you know, any whether it's good or bad or uncomfortable to talk about. Like for example, Bill Clinton had to like you know leave all of his information that he said publicly in there, um, you know, on in the in the library that they had, and it just makes me wonder, you know, um, the information can be searched and you can find it if you needed it. Um, or if you're interested in doing, you know, those things, you can ask, you can go ahead and look at all of the, um, the libraries of all the presidents um, all over the country. You know, it could be a nice road trip one day, I don't know, um, might want to do that, I don't know. Uh, but uh, I think that each president has their, has their library in, this, in a different state. So I guess, I think Barack Obama has his president libraries in Chicago. Let me see if I can bring it up. If I can find out. Um, yeah, I think it's in Chicago. Um, uh, the, the George Bush is um, library is actually in um, is in uh, in Texas. Um, yeah, I'm looking at a map right now. Actually, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna actually put this map here. Oh, that's weird. So if I zoom in, I can't do it. Okay, so I'm gonna go ahead and show this map here. So I'm gonna stop sharing this screen and I'm gonna share this map. Yeah, so here you can see here, you have like uh, Theodore Roosevelt is in um, North Dakota. You have Monroe, Jefferson, Madison is all here. So I think that every single president has one I don't know if George Washington has one. Yeah, Washington has one. Everybody has. Well, all the presidents have one. It's usually like all the information that they basically said. You know, um, oh, let me go back. Yeah, his like Obama's, for example, because he's his is actually in Chicago, Jackson Park. You know, it seems to be near, near some water. Seems to be pretty nice. I probably want to go there. You know, yeah, the kind of whole of foundation and stuff. Um, Another thing is is, uh, George W. Bush, you know, his is in Texas. I think both of theirs, both Bushes are in Texas, yeah. One is in, his is in College Station, Texas. And um, the other, and the, the, uh, I think this is that recent one, the most recent one, his is actually in University Park, Texas. Um, Lyndon B. Johnson is also in Texas as well. Um, Reagan's in Nixon, both are in California. Kennedy is actually, oh wow, I didn't know this. Kennedy is actually in Boston. That's where, I think that's where he's from. And, um, you know, so it's really cool to understand like what actually goes on there. I mean, like if you wanna take a minute to just look at like, uh, you know, you can look at what, you can look Wikipedia to find out more about this and see what what you may want to find out about it. But uh, one of the things about these things, one of these things is that they said that on the video that you know the presidential libraries are usually designed to kind of hold the information that was basically um, talked about during that that president's career, and these national archives are readily available for anybody to walk in and they pay a fee. They can you know, visit the, uh, the uh, you know, the library. So, you know, these things are great, you know. I don't know, for me, I feel like what, you know, art, being an archivist and being able to keep track of information isn't something that we, as a, you know, maybe as a public citizen, like, a resident, like, I, don't, I don't take, I don't, I don't do that. I don't go ahead and, um, oh, I think it's like, my screen sharing is paused right now. Okay, let me go back. Here. Your screen sharing is called Zoom Share. Okay. So I apologize if you didn't see that. I will actually go ahead and bring that up just so I can have the, the links again. So I'll, I'll put it in later on. Maybe, wait, is this it? Yeah, this is it. Yeah, so this is basically it trying to see the trying to see where it is. Okay, yeah. So it's there. So so this is basically where I was looking at a minute ago. And you know, that's kind of like where I was, you know, was talking. If you didn't get that link. So you know, being able to kind of keep track of yeah, the person is a very important person and keeping track of everything they said has to be available, you know, somewhere. Um, of course, that there's actually, this is they have physical, they have digital things as well, but I'm just um, interested in understanding like data is a very important thing in our society. And we, we don't really, I don't know, if, I didn't really take data that serious until about 10 years ago, you know, when I started using Facebook um, exclusively and then started going to school again um, at, at Stony Brook. And I had to find a way to, you know, take, might you know, take notes and you know um, take classes and um you know uh reach out to teachers you know we, google um started releasing their google drive and using email gmail was a little bit more interesting and, and me i actually have a gmail account and i have a gmail account for about maybe over 15 years now so it's really big and like you know I, I, was, I was a little nervous on like what people would be Looking for if they, you know, I don't know what it would probably have, and I could just have a bunch of randomness. But um, if you do um, end up with some sort of like technology that you could, you know, reconstruct the person's information, you know, there's a movie, there's a black mirror that tries to talk about um, going online and grabbing everything that person has ever said and organizing it into like some sort of um, uh, book. Or you no know, application that can that could be used for um, machine learning or something like that. Some advanced machine learning, you know, that would that would be interesting. But I don't know. I, I just think that personally, um, with the with with this particular um, with this particular you know environment that we're in, I, I like I think it's really important to talk about it. You know, uh, with with, uh, with with back in school, that's a big thing that they're talking about, and um, being able to organize information and then say things with um, a normative argument, you know, normative argumentation, meaning that you 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 talk more um, objective rather than subjective, um, is it's great practice for me. I believe to try to find a way to move away from being um, aggressive in a, in a form that doesn't necessarily has any weight towards anything. And with these libraries that these presidents have it tends to cause a lot of issues where <laughs> it, 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 the facts are already there. They don't have to even maintain it all. And with that, they'll, they get, you know, secret service that they can actually can hold on to if, you know, they actually have lifetime secret service actually. And I, I also was, uh, I found out, you know, through these articles here and that YouTube video was that um, that you uh, presidents can, Decline secret service, if they feel fit, if they feel like they want to have their own. I don't know which one has or hasn't done it, but um, You know, even though the president moved out of office, they're still considered a threat. Oh, they still are a threat. They still are a risk to the threat of their life or their, their harm with their family and stuff like that. So they constantly have to have all of this different things around them at all times. And I don't know how they, they were talking about like how that is living like that, you know, which you constantly have no privacy and stuff like that. And the fact that they're, they're a public servant, you know, they, they live in the public, they have access to this privacy. So what does that actually happen to do about us, you know, as, as a common citizen? You know, it's very weird. It's very hard, you know, when I'm thinking about it, to live in a world where you are um, not able to go ahead and uh, you want freedoms, you want to feel safe, but you can't feel safe unless you actually know everything about this going on your computer. For example, like if you have a an application and you have a computer, for example, like uh, your antivirus software, your antivirus will run periodically um, uh, checks on every single file for abnormalities that are, and usually comparing it with abnormalities that they've already found and they use that to share that, or oh, you may have some risk malware inside your computer, for example. So those things is very weird to me. Like people don't really pay attention to, um, they don't pay attention to the fact that that actually is something we can, we have to pay attention to. Like it's, you know, there's if you, the more freedoms that you want, the more privacy you lose, you know, how do you get how do you get through that how do you live through that you know like we still have to fight and like litigate you know and vote and make sure we are keeping everybody accountable that's why i really feel that maybe just maybe that we should start you know creating our own uh libraries you know maybe not as fancy and advanced as you know the presidential libraries but libraries where you know the things that you really believe in the things that you want and you say are connected with actual documents, you know. For example, um, I'm I really am a big fan of game-based learning, which game-based learning is a uh, it's a it's, it's not it's an old you know it's pretty it's an old uh, not really that old but it's 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 been going on for a while where gamifying learning in a way not necessarily actually having a you know Sega Genesis controller in front of your hands or Xbox controller but more like having the work being given to you in a way that you have to solve it like a game where the problem solving is kind of open to the user. And um, being able, to, in, in, order to, in order to really argue this, this this case, you really have to spend time understanding how, uh, how, how to you know, find the evidence, write your, write your information down, present your information properly, and then hopefully be able to go ahead and, um, and to go ahead and uh, um, you know persuade a um, an audience to you know to join your side because of it you know and um, for me uh, that has always been like the, the 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 biggest challenge to be able to do that listen to information. Find the, the 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 strong points, and if I've identified the weak points, um, you know, write down my thoughts. Um, find other information that also helps validate that that point, and then try to just sh- prevent the evidence in, in a way that allows the the person or the audience, the people, to make a argumentative like, uh, argumentative. Uh, they can make an argumentative argument or they can form their own claims, argumentative claims of what's going on. So I've been also been spending a lot of time um, reading. Um, There's a book um, out right now. And the book is called, it's it's called The Great Courses. See if I can bring it up right now. Uh, (sighs) Hmm. I don't think it's gonna be available, is it? I'm trying to look right now at... Hmm. Yeah, I don't see it actually at all. Um, Let me see, I'm gonna try to move some stuff over right now so I can go ahead and look at the screen better. Just give me two seconds because I really think it's important. One of the things I'm trying to do is I, I want to make sure that what I'm thinking and, and how I'm thinking is is aligned with what's actually going on in reality. You know, and, and it's it's really sometimes if you don't if you don't if you're not reading enough information, you can easily be um, tricked into seeing m- more of what isn't going on. And, more of what's not going on and less of what's actually going on. You know, so let me see. I think this will work. So if I go here and then I and I look at this and go to my desktop, I should be able to see the screen. Oh, yeah, it is on the books see right? Um, I don't think it's in here. Oh. I think I know. I think I know what it is. It's actually an audiobook. It's actually an audio book. All right. Anyway, um, I'm actually going to go ahead and stop talking about the Oregon argument, and I'm going to move on to the next thing. And the next thing is actually talking about the books I want to talk about. You know, which was the other thing. So it's going to be actually um, "Bottle of Lies," and uh, this is the cover. You can see the cover. By Catherine Eben. That's that was, If you were, if you were here at the beginning of the podcast, that's what I was looking at. And um, then the other book is this book I want to want to look at, which is James Paul G's book, um, "What Is a Human: Language, Mind, and Culture." And um, the other thing is, um, uh, I mean, I think those are two books. Fine, those are two. But I mean, like, this is also a good book that I see, I've ever I read. And one way, one thing about this is actually Kindle. Uh, I'll talk a little bit about this uh, when we come back to this. Just take, uh, let's just stay tuned, take a break, and we'll be right back. All right, so I'm back. Let um, me just take a small quick break here. And what I want to do is I want to talk about this book here. And the actual, can I look? Can it come uh, up? Yeah, it does. Okay, so the book is called, uh, the three books is basically the, What is the incident doing to our brains to shallow? This is just a um, um, an updated version of that book. The book kind of like talks about how. Uh, the internet is reprogramming our minds, giving us typical ways of thinking about things. And the, the term shallows is kind of like how we don't have like depth information. We don't go too deep with information. We kind of go ahead and um, we kind of like, you know, dabble around in the shallow parts of the, of the of the pool. I don't know. Some people feel like that's not a good idea. It's not really a good thing. Some people feel like, it's, it's a bad idea. And um, it's, it's kind of weird to me because of the fact that um, in the internet, in, in the world of technology, it's very difficult to not, to just do one thing. I don't know if just doing one thing, you know, like for example, if I was just working on flash, for example, flash technology, And I was always doing the development that's a flashing technology that allows you to do things like animation on your computer or even helps you to create interactive websites or video games for example but that that becomes that has been going down a lot and in popularity and been using more native versions of the internet Uh, um, um, uh, of native versions of uh video and audio that's been coming out for the you know worldwide it's like a native um, technology um and you would have to change to something else you know you would have to learn some other new technology so this whole learning thing is true in our society like being able to learn new things is something we have to do and um the author you know comes up with some really big you know points you know in the in, in, in the in the book that i can probably go over a little bit but um this, this is actually an updated version that talks about like 2020 and how relevant the, the book is still in 2020 and stuff like that but i think that it's a, it's a great you know i like when he said the brain's capacity is not unlimited that's one thing they said the passageway um the pathway from perception to understanding is narrow, and then it says that, um it takes patience and concentration to elevate new information to gauge its accuracy, to weigh its relevance and worth to put in into context, and the internet by design, subverts patience and concentration when the brain is overloaded by stimuli as it usually is when when we're peering into a network connected computer screen. Um, attention splinters, thinking becomes superficial, and memory suffers. We become less reflective and more repulsive. And it says it's far, it's far from enhancing human intelligence, I argue the internet degrades it. And a lot of people highlighted that. You know, it actually said here 147 highlights. You know, much has changed in the decades since the channels come out. Smartphones have become our constant companions. Social media has insinuated itself into everything we do. The dark things that can happen when everyone's connected have happened. Our faith in Silicon Valley has been broken, yet the big internet companies wield more power than ever. This 10th and anniversary edition of The Shallows takes stock of the changes. It includes an extensive extensive new afterward, in which I examine the cognitive and cultural consequences of the rise of smartphones and social media. So here's drawing on a large body of new research that has appeared since 2010. I have left I have left the original text of the book largely unchanged, and I am biased about what I think. And the chapters have aged well. To my eyes, it has it is more relevant today than it has. It was 10 years ago. I hope you find it worthy of your attention. And that's definitely that Nicholas Carr, the author, you know, from Massachusetts. So, um, yeah, he argues I, I think that you know that. The internet is not necessarily a great thing. Um, it, it does does a lot of things. That does that does it does a lot of bad and good. Um, he I think he brings up other points too. You know, um, like he says here, like degression of buoyancy of IQ I, I store IQ IQ score. I have to read this again. I actually read this like so this is one of the books I got here like maybe maybe three years ago. Um, uh, so I gotta focus on that. So the next one I wanted to talk about is Bottle of Lies, which is Kathleen Egan. This is a book I had to read for class. Um, basically, the book, you know, talks about, um, you know, the ideas of, you know, it's here, he has like this important. I mean, you have to go to their the, um, prologue, where it talks about like an investigator from the U.S. Food and Drug Administration travels two hundred miles to Mumbai along a highway choked by truck traffic and down the road with meandering Man- 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 cows to get to his assignment. Behind a metal fence, laid massive biotech park, um, run by an Indian generic drug company, Walk hard, Limited. Amid the, the dozens of buildings, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna read the whole thing, but uh, she kind of tries to paint this picture that you are um, living in a world where um, that you can't even trust the, the drug administration to do a particular job you know, making sure that you keep these uh, pharmaceutical companies from falling, you know, in line, you know. And there, there's a lot of other little pieces that goes goes wrong where there's corruption within the group, there's whistleblowing. And then they talk about like how some medicines that are used are not necessarily as effective and they, they they cause more pain and harm. Um, and I, you know, I feel that the um the talk about this, the idea of learning about um, the, the generic food, the generic drug administration, or generic, generic um, drug boom, you know, where the pharmaceutical companies, but preferably the ones that are outside the country, uh, are not necessarily up to the same um, issues and problems that they are in, in America, you know. And um, the, the officials are a part of the actual group. Tend to um, they tend to you know try to play a, a huge role protecting people's you know from having the drugs you know the wrong drugs coming to America, but the, the drug the drug pharmaceutical companies like they tend to leave the whole country, they tend to be all over the world, and they tend to do a lot of a lot of business in third third world countries. So, the idea about this particular topic was that. Um, the, uh, is is it possible that um, we should not have our medicine, you know, in, you know, in the hands of just anyone, you know, you know, should some, some um, doctors in, in the book actually said that, you know, we should go ahead and um, we should actually start using um, third party, not that, but um, just start going back to the name brand drug instead of using the third party drugs, you know, and, um I don't know I mean it's it's very it's very confusing for me, you know the the, the author brings her a good point. She asked me what I did on, an interview on NPR NPR really helped her you know with the book you know promoting the book and the quality of the, of the writing. it's great you know I, I definitely think that the author did a great job with um organizing the information and it took. It several years to put some of that stuff together. But um, uh, I I don't, I feel like this is just one piece of the, of the pie. Like this is not the whole thing. And there, there's a lot of things that, you know, it's, it's great to go ahead and to complain about the generic drug boom, but we don't have an answer to the fact that we have, you know, like the companies that are making the branding medicine are not giving, out the, the, the medicine uh, recipes to make them safe for everybody else. So there's the disconnect too, you know. So I don't know. It's kind of the same thing with like social media about how their they talk about social media is. Um, uh, they say social media is um, how do they say it again? They said social media. It's is really uh, negative, bad on on some people who are not able to manage their time with it, so they tend to get um, addicted. Especially, you know, you know, teenagers um, they they tend to be on it a lot more than usual, and um, you know, stuff like that makes me wonder if uh, if that's if that's what we're supposed to be doing like if, if that's if, if if we can't if we use social media i felt we able to bring us more connected as people say but it actually kind of divided us i'm not sure i do feel that the um the idea of being online is interesting to me you know and being able to kind of share this information you know whether it reaches a huge population or not Um, me being able to have access there I think it's great you know I mean some people don't necessarily you know I I know you can't think through it but then that's the whole problem you know what where all this go I don't want to go on a rant tangent about the whole thing but I bring it into I'm bringing this into into this um, I'm bringing all the the words into this particular setting right now because I want to talk about how um How I'm looking through because in the, at the end of the day at the end of the day no matter who says what, only people who actually know themselves can really talk about you know they can only talk about things from their own perspective. they may have information that may try to talk about things separately, but is that possible to so actually you know a formal argument that says that you know for example that this this book is is bad you know is it hard or, or is it good I mean like how do we know? We just know that the book is being praised and, you know, that's it. You know, we don't really get a chance to understand anything else that's coming from that. But um, so that's just one thing about that whole idea. I I, I really um, just leave that on. Um, and the other thing I wanted to talk about, the other book was, this book was called, Jesus called, Jesus called, What is Mine? Uh, he wrote a book called, the, the other book is on here. Where is it? I just finished uh, I'm almost done. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just about done now am reading these different terminologies because I want to really bring up a, a, a I want to bring up a, um, I'm bring I want to bring up a, a an argument that game based learning is something that we should we should kind of utilize in technology to help people do better work. In their field, in their in their passion fields. For example, you know, uh, I think that learning takes too much time in the the traditional setting because of the way the curriculums are at. You know, we have this like we listen to a teacher, the teacher tells us what to do. When honestly, it's about just doing it. And you get that just doing work when you are playing a a game that you like. You know, for example, a video game with a controller and you have a character trying to solve a problem in the game. That tends to, you tend to have a much um, higher um, learning. If, if, a, if, a, if a, the learning curve isn't so steep, It's mu- you actually have, it actually is much, um, I forget how I basically would basically say, I, I, mean, if I would say with a steep learning curve, we're, we're kind of saying that it's, you know, it takes, a, it takes, it has a really high learning curve. But this one is really a nice learning curve. I would say it's like a kind of a gradual slant that goes up. You know where you know you can actually can see your improvement over time, and the um, and the other thing is is that I would also want to figure out what actually is working without technology, and then seeing how technology and learning would actually help put together you know something that is more um, accurate you know for you know somebody you know to. To grow and to you know to take advantage of that technology for example teaching um people how to learn a new skill you know at a particular company you know give you know pulling out the failure you know the, you know the cost of like actually causing problems like for i think doctors have like um some sort of uh they do a, um they have they have like su- surgeries. they can do simulating surgeries, or they can have surgeries where they have the um the pilots can simulate flying over and over and over again and they can they can add in everything it actually costs to basically fly an astral plane or actually do surgery on an actual person before they actually go ahead and do the actual operation or they actually fly that plane you know whatever for real so there's a lot of things that our minds needs to, to to iron out before we do it and it's very costly when you do it, when you actually fly the plane with an actual person, so what if this is actually the way that we can go with learning things? You know, I don't know. I, I, it's very, it's very hard to me, but I think that these problems, these these questions, are something we have to all have to think of. So going back to the book, um, there's a lot of uh, principles like the semiotic domain principle, psychosocial moratorium principle, and identity principle, and um, uh, one of the things I really want to bring up is that the, the author brings up that the idea in the beginning of the book um about um termites. And he says that he says that he relates termites to humans, saying that termites live in a uh, live in a mound and they kind of work together to, you know, to to live, you know, they 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 break down uh wood because the wood is made out of cellulose and cellulose is very difficult for you know most humans to break down, but their bodies are capable of doing it. And a termite by itself is not able to, to basically eat, um, is not basically able to eat, um, uh, eat on its own. They can't survive very, well, very long by itself, but together they can do a lot of different things. So the author does a really good job trying to organize this, um, these these ideas and, and what they're actually about because I feel that it's not something that um, is actually looked at. You know, we don't look at like a termite and, and, and try to relate the termites to a human. So he called it a termite That's why you have this word here, termite And um, I don't know, that the idea between this particular book and what this is actually about is really interesting to me because um, I, I actually think that the author has a really great um, mindset of what it actually is, what actually is occurring when when you actually live in the, in this society of of uh, uh, what is what's actually a human person and how do we actually interact with each other and how similar that is to everything else. And I hear that a lot, and I and I, I always wonder why do I hear that. So it's great to kind of get this idea. And the idea that I'm bringing these things up is that maybe we can come up with some sort of understanding of like working together. If we understand how connected we actually are, we might might be able to do things, you know? It's kind of scary to me, but looking at it from that standpoint, you know, outside the books is that we have a time in our lives where we thought that we were like these amazing beings, you know? For example, you might see a painting and the painting will basically have a human in it sitting down, you know, and, and basically take up the whole picture. You would know that the that the human's in the picture. But then, you know, some pictures are can also be, you know, drawn where um, the, you have the entire sur- surroundings in the picture, and then you might see a, a person, you know, in the corner, you know. And drinking some wine or something you know they're sitting underneath a tree they're not necessarily taking up the picture you know they're just a part of the picture like everything else is and this is this is something that i've heard a lot and if you're really interested in like learning like why i think it's good to understand how these things are it would help helps me be happy about the things that are going on not because of the fact that there is possibly going to be somebody who might be outside of that system that is going to be able to control these people. I don't think that. I don't, don't think it's possible for, like, you know, for example, like people have to walk through certain parts of their life and understand what is what 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 things look like. Like the way I think about right now isn't the same way I thought about ten years ago. I had some idea, but it wasn't fully this way. So I'm. I want to. I say that because uh, it's it's um it's important to make sure that I, I pay attention to these things as I move you know forward in these different reading these different books makes me ask questions about you know what I'm actually trying to do, why I'm trying to do it, um, what makes you know me, you know, uh, me, you know, and stuff like that, and. Um, use for example, me using you know social media right now to live stream on my page about this topic may not be something that a lot of people may not do because it's very uh, invasive, it's intrusive on your life, intrusive on in your, in what you're doing in your, in your life, so you don't want to really do that. You know, it's like uh, you know maybe not because people are going to find out and know what's going on around you. And there are some people who are telling you to do what you like to do, you know, do what makes you feel happy, don't care what other people think. And, and there's people who who also say the opposite. Uh, it's just very, very weird to me. I feel like, um, you know, it's something that no matter how much information that you, you might put on it, it's never enough. It's never, there's never a one stop there's never like one book that's going to like solve all these difficult. everybody's going to have their own perspectives which is why i think that me moving towards getting like a uh you know a graduate degree and, and doing some study or research on it is something that um that i can definitely get my you know stand behind so and that's going to be it uh, those are the three books thanks a lot for listening and i'm not going to really going to put too much time into all that i know that i was supposed to only do this for about maybe I don't know, a couple minutes, <laughs> like, you know, 10, 15 minutes on this and 15 minutes on that. But, you know, the, the, the streaming, this whole thing is it's, it's really taking a lot of time. And um, I'll talk to you guys, you know, as I always do in the next episode. So talk to you later.